Are you a bride chilla or groom chilla? Spend 30 minutes with Bride Chilla podcast host Alicia and you will be. So let's get planning. Welcome to episode 236 of the Bride Chiller Podcast. Alicia here, your host on this journey to wedding planning and other things. As uh, we like to go off on tangents, we is and I on this show. And today I am talking about one of my favorite pet subjects, and that is saving you coin on your wedding planning. And I always love talking about budgets and money saving ideas and wedding hacks as we're calling it today because you share so many amazing ideas and you inspire me. Every time I put a little post out there saying, if anyone has any new things to share, let me know. And it goes off. It's really encouraging. And you are also clever and inventive. I love you all for that. I really do. And you keep me, well, you keep me really encouraged to keep talking about wedding planning and hosting this show as well as sharing your tips that you left on Instagram and Facebook when I requested them. Thank you. I would like to invite Bride Chiller Claire onto the show. She's left me an amazing voice message. She is planning a wedding on a budget. And damn girl, she has got so many ideas and she's perky and fun. And I really enjoyed listening to her voice message. And I'm going to enjoy sharing it with you because I know that there's lots of things that she provides lots of tips and inspiration that she can give you. And I think one thing we always sort of forget, well, we can forget when we're looking at wedding blogs and forums, uh, all those sort of places, is that a budget doesn't necessarily mean you're being cheap. I say this over and over again. I think it's really important to have a number or a figure in your mind that you can stick to. And a wedding budget can mean you're spending a hundred grand or it can mean you're spending one thousand dollars. It it's doesn't you know, it's relative to what you value and what you can afford. So I think we can all learn from these tips and inspirational moments and really no matter what your actual budget is, I think you can always find ways to tweak and save money and then siphon it off somewhere else. I am so inspired by people that say, oh, I saved $1,000 on this, but that means we could have this, or we, we saved all this money and no one noticed. I think that's the real magic of wedding hacks and budget tips is when your guests do not notice. And like so many aspects of wedding planning, there are so many things that your guests will never remember and that we focus so crazily on these details that aren't necessarily things that people will even notice on the day. You'll notice but um, they won't. I just want to have a little quick callback to last week's episode about the forums, the wedding forum stuff, and uh, thank you for your feedback about that. I did want to make one more comment about something I didn't really mention is that, you know, I think when people say nasty shit, if they don't earn your respect and to give you your their, their opinion, then it shouldn't matter anyway. It just bothered me that I hadn't included that very simple uh, viewpoint of wedding forums, forums in general, is that if they're going to be jerks, then you don't have to listen to them. It doesn't, you know, they're obviously not giving you any amazing insights into what you are asking. Then just fuck them off. Who cares? Right. Let's crack on to the first part of Claire's voice message. Hi, Alicia. It's Claire. I'm calling in with my budget wedding tips uh, that you called for in an earlier episode. Um, I'm planning a wedding with 400 invited guests 
uh, in four months on about $15,000. Realistically, we, we might get up to twenty, dollars um, but we're trying to keep it under fifteen. Do you see why I like this gal? She's planning a wedding for 400 people. I don't even know 400 people, but good on you, Claire, for having that many people in your crew. And it's for fifteen grand. you are amazing. I want to hear how you're doing it. I know, that sounds bonkers. It sounds totally bonkers, but I'm stubborn and impatient, and I'm going to make it work. Dang it. Um, for us, what's been... So here's, I just want to share the things that have been really helpful for us, because originally, you know, I think a lot of people are, like, scared by the idea of planning a wedding, because it is a huge thing. And once you price out the cost of an open bar and a DJ and a gourmet-plated meal, like, it's so it can be so much money, again, depending on where you are. The people, I think, are like, oh, God, like, we can never afford to get married. I mean, that's what I thought. We can never afford to get married. Uh, and, in, ah, like, we should just hide and, like, go to the courthouse and not do anything. But uh, I am I really feel like everyone's situation is different, of course, but I, I just want people to know that it's okay and like you can have a fun nice wedding and it not cost you like a total arm and a leg and it'll be okay and really the only thing you have to have to get married is an officiant and a license and that's negotiable in some states so you know like I figure no one's gonna say I'm sorry you can't get married because you don't have like a seating chart like that's not gonna happen so that's what I've been trying to keep my sanity throughout this whole process um, anyway, yeah, down to down to nitty gritty. How are we doing? Fifteen k, fifteen thousand U.S. dollars for four hundred guests. Well, the first thing, the piece of the best piece of advice we got so far was uh, to number one, set our priorities, and figure out what is most important to us, and then like do the minimal amount of work and money um, on the other stuff. So for us, it was really important to have all of our people there. We didn't want to cut the guest list, like drastically uh there are people who didn't make it on but 400 people you know you can get there pretty quick if you have a lot of local friends and huge families and a church that you want to invite we're inviting our whole church uh so how but so it's more important to us to have those people there and celebrate with them in some way um after witnessing the ceremony than to have you know a live band and to have uh, a fancier venue than the one we have. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, and then figure out, okay, knowing the people we're going to have, what can we afford to do for them? And then go from there rather than plan it backwards and think, okay, if it, if food, for example, is super important, then I might want to spend uh, more money on catering and then limit the guest list from there. So it's really just up to you. Um and then the next thing is to be flexible and creative um, and be a satisficer, which I don't know if you've heard of this. It's like the idea that people who try to maximize every single decision that they're making, like stress out over everything um, and think, but what if like there's a better centerpiece maker out there and I can get it cheaper for 50 cents, you, you know? Not Don't try and maximize every decision. This leads back into having priorities. Like, just decide what you want and then and what you can afford and then pick from there. And then if free decor comes your way, for example, um, just take it and figure out a way to make, you know, white paper lanterns work when you had pictured a soft, you know, uh, like candlelight and, I don't know, 
hydrangea centerpieces, whatever. Okay, I have got to jump in because firstly, isn't Claire, like she should just host this show on her own this week because it's great. The, the stuff she's saying is amazing. And can we just go back to the idea that Claire is planning a wedding for 400 people in four months for hopefully under 15 grand. Girl needs a gold medal for even saying she's attempting that, let alone, I think, as we're going to hear, is actually achieving that goal. So for me, straight away, I trust this woman. I trust her. But I want to go back to the concept of a satisficer. I had to stop and Google when I was listening to this message for the first time. I'm like, well, I don't know what that is. I don't know. So you look it up. It's satisficer, as in satisfy with I-C-E-R. Uh, and I'm going to read just a little uh, quote, a Wikipedia, where I get all my life knowledge, which is troubling. Um, there's, a, there's a book called The Paradox of Choice by Barry Schwartz, where he argues that satisfies, satisfies tend to be happier than maximizers. Maximizers must spend a lot of time and energy to reach a decision, and they're often anxious about whether they are, in fact, making the best choice. I can't believe I haven't heard of this before because, to be honest, it's such a key facet of being a bride chiller that I am ordering this book immediately from Amazon. So often when people are trying to save money, they end up spending, and I'm, I am so guilty of this, so I don't want anyone to think I'm lecturing because I am like the key chick in this whole this whole paradox, uh, that you spend four and a half hours on Amazon or eBay or Gumtree or one of these things trying to find something that will save you 23 cents. And then you go, well, is the four hours that I've spent trying to drive this price down actually a legit use of my time? Or should I have just bought the thing that's 23 cents more and just moved the fuck on with my life? And I am the queen of tired assness. I love getting a bargain, but I also, as I get older and realize the time is running out, we've got to maximize our actual lifetime uh, of using our, our time in a valuable way. I heard someone refer to, uh, it was in a business podcast, you know, I love a podcast, obvs, and they were talking about being a time millionaire. They're like, if you could give the gift of anything, the you know, fuck reality, what would it be? And he was saying time, we all are time poor. And to be honest, it's not being a millionaire isn't about cash. It's about having extra time to do what you want, to be able to choose the way that you spend your time, not just going to work and feeling bad and sitting on the tube. Blah, blah, blah. So to me, the idea of wasting, which is why I love and why I had to just jump in now, Claire, and say, let's all just think on this concept a little bit. Um, the idea of wasting time trying to save minimal amounts of money but spending heaps of time doing it it doesn't really add up so I'm so glad you said that Claire because I'm always guilty of this and I need to just get out of it but I know running the Bride Chiller podcast and also having a full-time job and being married and being a general human which I try and be a good human I really do but when I look at my day and I go I just want to I want to be able to provide value to you bride chillers and groom chillers I want to be the best bride chiller host humanly possible I want to be the best wife and partner I want to be the best tv watcher <laughs> that shouldn't be my priorities but you know I love tv and then I work in tv in the day and it's like how do I use my time to the best capacity 
And it's just taken me a while to realize that it's just probably worth downloading that plugin or paying someone to do a job or whatever because to be honest I would rather be spending time with friends or being able to write back to you or recording better quality podcasts than trying to save five bucks by doing something myself. Okay that was my little rant but I'm so happy that that Claire has opened my eyes to this concept and have given it a name as well because I think that uh, it's really valuable for us. A satisficer. I'm going to put some links in the show notes uh, to this idea and also keep reading books, ordering books off Amazon, which I'm going to have time to read one of these days. Anyway, um, but yeah, stuff like stuff like decor and stuff, of course, is not going to be your biggest expense, um, as I have learned crunching many numbers. Your biggest two things that seems that weddings cost you are the people food and drink for all the people you invite and then the places where those people are so weddings are about people places and things like we're in kindergarten um and so what's helped us save a ton of money is being flexible on the places because the people were basically non-negotiable like we had to have all the people um but we didn't care so much like where it was so what we're doing is we are members of a church and our church uh host as members we can have our wedding there the ceremony and the ceremony and the use of the space for free which is absolutely amazing um and only possible through the generosity of you know the congregation and everything um but so we are using the free gym rather than the garden pavilion that was going to cost seven thousand dollars to rent and the just just for the space not for tables or chairs or food just seven thousand dollars to be in the space on a saturday which is crazy um so yeah being being flexible and creative and thinking about non-traditional venues like you know the fellowship hall or wherever uh, for you and your particular situation can really help you save a lot of money because not having to spend multiple thousands of dollars on a venue um, has really allowed us to put more money into making sure we have a real we can we can get a gourmet you know cake a really big fancy tiered cake for all of our guests um speaking of guests the other thing we were flexible and you know trying to be creative about was what exactly food and drink are we serving these people uh we you can't unless you've tell me if you have found a caterer who can do this <laughs> but it you know it's it's really hard to make a full meal work for 400 for 400 guests um or even 300 guests uh on this budget so what can you do instead and our social circle it's not unusual to have a what's referred to as a cake and punch reception which is where you have an afternoon ceremony and then everyone mingles after for some dessert and snacks and maybe there's a little music and people chat and then it's nice and short and sweet and you know, you get to say hi to everyone, and that's it. It's not a huge, stressful, like, event, in theory. Um, so what? We, so that's what we're doing. We're having um, really awesome cake and then some savory little snacks and, you know, some games and stuff, and it'll just be – it won't be as in this, you know, huge, long, all-night-long party, but we'll get to celebrate with our people, which, again, was our number one priority. Um we have not, I will preface all, I should have said all this at the beginning. We are still in the beginning of planning. This is the plan. We'll see how it goes. I'll call back in three months and let you know. Um, 
again, I will say, even if this is the plan, I feel like, you know, that Claire has really thought this through. And what I respect and admire with bride chillers and groom chillers that ring in with these sort of, you know, these very on-point themes, plans, ideas, they know what's important to them. I think the big thing that Claire keeps ringing home and the thing I'd like you to think about for your homework today, my people, is are there things on your list that just don't have meaning to you? And not even not meaning. The things that you're putting on the list and paying for that you don't really need, that no one will notice, that no one will really care about. Are there a couple of things you could remove from your plans that then you could add a couple of extra guests in? Do you need to feed everyone? And I don't mean just not feed anyone at all, but like Claire's saying, is there an alternative where you can have extra people or spend less money and uh, not necessarily have a sit-down meal? If that isn't a part of your plan, if that's not what's important to you or necessarily uh, affordable for you, well, think of alternatives. My lovely friend Joy, I've said this before, her, she and her husband Mark love fine cuisine. They love restaurants. They love going out. And I remember she came to me and said, well, we were invited to her wedding, which was great. But she sort of said, look, I don't want 150 people there. I'd rather spend the money that we would spend on 150 people treating our friends and family, like 30 people, to a shit hot, amazing meal. And we went to um, one of the most stunning restaurants in Sydney, and it was such a treat. Like, this is still one of the best meals I've ever had in my whole life. But the fact that they went, you know, we want, what is important to us is the sit-down meal, a really stunning sit-down meal in one of the most beautiful – it was in Sydney Harbour. Like, we could see from our tables the Opera House and the Bridge. I've just never been in a place like that. And it's memorable, and it meant something to them. And that's always stayed with me her her real commitment to that idea and no they didn't get it for cheap and I'm sure they have wonderful memories of that meal too but it was really important to them that they did it so I really respect Claire saying yeah we want the 400 people but by doing that it's pretty hard to get a sit-down meal on a budget for 400 people and get that happening but that wasn't necessarily the top of their priorities respect There'll be more of Claire, fabulous bright chiller Claire, who deserves a bright chiller gold medal, which I will be finding for her uh, after this very short break. Bride Chiller Claire is sharing her amazing tips on how to save some coin and most importantly some time, finding your priorities, deciding what is important to you, what is not, what you can achieve on the budget you have without compromising too much and uh, it's a great listen I'm so delighted that she took the time to share all this amazing knowledge with us she's being so open and I love that she is still on the planning journey and I can't wait to hear her update so let's keep going I know she's got a lot more to say what I did was we decided to get a Costco membership because it should pay for itself you know even just ordering the invitations we saved enough to pay for the membership fee and that was awesome um i went into costco and i looked at all of the things that we might be interested in serving um little you know prosciutto rolls and cheese like how much does cheese by the pound cost you know what are their water crackers priced at all that i wrote it all down i figured out the serving size for each you know 
thing and then priced it out like okay how much does uh, how much is goldfish per serving how much is are the shrimp is the shrimp platter per serving and then from there we're going to work based on those unit prices uh, and you know put together a menu from there that will come in at a reasonable cost per head for all of our guests so we're not you know just buying a bunch of uh i don't know uh, trays from the supermarket and hoping, you know, we don't run out, um, and just figuring out the most cost effective things that we want to serve, uh, that, you know, we still be happy that people would still want to eat. Um, uh, but that will not totally break the bank for us. So really breaking it down and looking, doing the math on our, um, appetizers has helped us kind of narrow down like, okay, we can't afford shrimp. Maybe we can afford some prosciutto and mozzarella and caprese skewers or something. Um, what else? And, and the last thing, um, which is probably the biggest thing was lean on your community. Like since announcing our engagement, it's only been like a month. We've had so many amazing people come out of the woodwork and say, uh, you know, Hey, like, I'm so happy for you. Um, let me know any way I can help, you know, and that sort of general thing is awesome. Keep a list of those people. We're going to call them the day before the wedding to say, Hey, you want to come set up some tables and chairs, um, for, for some pizza and hopefully they'll say yes. Um, and we've had other people offer to gift us their time to, you know, run sound for the ceremony, to play music, to once someone volunteered to set up to take care of all of the food for the reception is the finger food reception as long as we just uh decided we just uh, paid for the food itself which was amazing um we have some really amazing people in our life um and just things like that and people a lot of um people we know who have gotten married recently have said hey can do you want some wedding decor? Because this is lying around my house, taking up space, and I'll give it to you or sell it to you for cheap. So definitely look into those options. Consider buying reused. Um, I'm part of an online group of local women who are engaged or just married, and they're constantly posting things. Hey, I've got these gold chargers. You know, you can have them for ten cents each. Or you know, so taking um, tapping into people, talking to people, asking people who've gotten married. Hey, what are your tips? Like, where did you? Ha where is your venue? Do you have anything you're looking to get rid of? And see what you can make work. Um, and that's where again being flexible and creative and resourceful really comes in to help. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, there have been, I have so many friends get married, and I said, hey, let me know if I can help, and I, like, I really want to, you know, do some DIY stuff, and then they never call me, and I, you know, of course, maybe they don't want to impose, but I know for myself, at least, I really love wedding stuff, obviously, and I would be more than happy uh, to help, to help out a friend for a few hours, and, you know, spend some time with them, and take some stress off their plate, so... Um, for us, at least, it's been a, a huge relief knowing, okay, we don't have to pay a staffing company to come in and hang up all our decorations or, you know, wait tables at our, you know, we can really, we, we have a lot of people we trust. Um, so any, any part of that, you know, you can, if any part of that is helpful, um, hopefully, you know, maybe think of people you don't know, you, you don't know too well people who are acquaintances, um, you know, who are enthusiastic and want to help and like take advantage of them because 
you know, the whole do it together spirit, I think is, I hope is going to make our wedding really special and fun for people besides just us. And uh, hopefully also take some stress off our plates, figure out what's really important and spend on that and then ignore the rest and, you know, figure out creative ways to bring down your costs to feed your people and your costs to house your people. Um, other free, you know, just get creative with venue ideas. Do you have, if, you know, you don't have a free place of worship like we do to like that just, you know, lets members use its space. You know, maybe you can call in a favor at work or ask a friend or family member with property. I have friends who've done that. Um, th- those are going to be your biggest two uh, sources of help are getting those two costs cut down. Because that, you know, yeah, it's great to save money on table numbers, but th- there's such a tiny part of your budget overall that, um, you know, it, it it helps, but it's not going to make or break your budget. I don't think anyway. Uh, maybe you don't serve finger, you know, if we we didn't have parental help, we would be serving probably uh, some a little cute cake from Whole Foods and some, I don't know, some sparkling punch and that's it. No finger foods, no, you know, maybe, maybe if you're a people, I don't know, you know, you can vary whatever plans uh, to fit your budget. Oh, and the last thing, um, oh yeah, number three was, of course, like lean, ask your people for help. You're inviting them to your wedding. Hopefully they want to help out because they love you. Um, and then the very last thing was, so we're having this huge, you know, cake and punch thing. And maybe you want something, uh, something more intimate after like, so that's what we're doing. We're having, um, essentially a second rehearsal dinner after the cake and punch reception. And we are, going to a restaurant that has a private banquet room and we've made we have you know a pre-selected menu and people will order from that and that will give us a little bit of time to to spend quality time with family members who are from out of town or you know friends from college who don't know anyone else like those you know, so that it's not all just a huge big you know group um and you don't feel super rushed to say hi to everyone you have a little more time with some people hopefully that's our plan we'll see how it pans out um and I will say that the restaurant having we could have cut the afternoon cake and punch totally and just had the restaurant dinner and that still would be less expensive than a lot of the um the venue rentals I was looking at so consider consider restaurants um for if you want to serve a full meal and you don't have a gigantic group of people um, because then you don't have to worry about, you know, coordinating table rentals and you don't have to coordinate with a caterer. You don't have to coordinate with a bunch of a bunch of different vendors. You're just going with one one vendor and probably, you know, the cost is comparable um, and much less stress. So if you're planning a a less expensive wedding on a short timeline, uh you know, that is an option. So ugh, I've just talked forever. I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> Alicia, feel free to edit this however you want. Um, but I just wanted to call in and share because like I said before, you know, it's, if, if you want to get married, like we did, we just really, just really wanted to get married. Like that's all we wanted. The rest, you know, is going to be fun and awesome. And we're really excited, but 
it, you know, I we didn't want to be held back by trying to host this huge, hugely, hugely expensive day. Um, not that the, the day is going to be expensive. Weddings are expensive. It's kind of just oh, how it goes. Be creative. Be flexible. And if people tell you that they don't like your plan, well, unless you, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you about that. I'm still figuring that out. Ugh, now I'm blathering. Okay, goodbye, Alicia. Thank you so much for the podcast. Um, everything I know about weddings, I owe to you, um, to your podcast, and to a practical wedding who you've had on your podcast. Not so far, not so in the past. Um, blurg. Okay, bye. Also, 10 points for Claire using blurg, my very favorite 30 Rock sign of frustration oh Claire thank you so much for sharing that I know that so many people are out there planning weddings for 50 people and are far more stressed than you are I think your bride chilliness should be spreading like wildfire wildfire what a lunatic I am no it's just really great the points that you've made especially I look I even going to the point of going to Costco and looking at the appetizers and not just buying trays and trays of shit that you don't need. You're thinking about how many people might put in their mouths. You're thinking about distribution of time. I love the restaurant stuff. I think it's really good and we must all take note. If you feel like you can't cut the guest list down but you want to have, well, like Claire is having 400 people, but then you're like, actually, we can cut it down and have a dinner for 25 people later on or at another, or the night before or the day after. Or something you can make that happen be flexible it's all about flexibility and it's all about saying no to the idea that we have to do things a certain way your wedding is your day to spend your money or whoever's paying for it in whatever way you want and I think we need to start breaking the shackles of the way that people say we have to do it and just do whatever the damn hell we want the end Thank you so much, Claire. Thank you so much, Bride Chillers, for spending this time with me. Thank you to those who are listening on the Bride Chiller app. So happy that you are embracing that. It's basically a free app that you can download. It's all Bride Chillery. It's quite sweet. We've been working very hard on it. And you can also subscribe to be a member of the Bride Chiller team and get access to the entire back catalogue. It's really exciting. It's been a long time coming and I think those who have listened to this show for a while realize that podcasting is quite a new medium when it comes to trying to find a way to make a living or at least monetize this in some way. And yeah, we have a couple ads here and there and that's great and I'm really stoked that some advertisers are now coming on board and seeing the value in podcasting and sponsoring podcasting, but it's a slow journey and we just thought the way that we could really connect with audiences and find a way to potentially at least make some money or at least you know cover our costs when it comes to it is by implementing a subscription method. And that doesn't mean that you have to jump on and subscribe. The new episodes will be coming out, will still be available for free on iTunes, but we're only going to keep 20 or 30, like a rolling 20 or 30 happening on iTunes. And then if you want to go back to episode one, which I would highly recommend, we've got over 250 episodes there now, you can do that by buying a subscription. If you are listening to this in real time, we're currently running a promotion that will go into the early new year where if you use the code word koala, as in koala bear, K-O-A-L-A, you will get 25% off a yearly annual membership. 
So that's exciting. And I'm thanking, I'm just very thankful and thanking you for jumping on board. And uh, everyone's been so positive about it. And that really warms our hearts. We were a bit nervous that people were going to come and go, no, you were giving away for free before. Why would you do that? But then that bitch with the me, 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 isn't you. You guys are supportive and I love you all so much. And I'm just grateful for this community. All right, enough schmushy shit from me. <sighs> Until Thursday's up. Thank you. And happy days.